John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, this is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltica, Ed. John, it's the High Gain Podcast. The High Gain, indeed. Yeah. We're going to talk about guitars and amps and pedals and stuff. Various lots of stuffs. Yeah. I cannot tell how old that guitar you're holding is. No, you can't. I honestly just don't know if it's old or new. Um, That's leading in. Can it be both? Oh, maybe. Maybe so. It kind of is both. Oh, really? Yes. Cool. Are we in West Seattle? We are in West Seattle, as we tend to be. Beautiful West Seattle. Beautiful West Seattle. I walked up today. I got that Apple Watch. It has this fitness thing where it does rings. You set these goals, and then as you walk, it closes rings. Uh And I have no diagnosed things, but, you know, I have a little (laughs) bit of, like, this obsessive thing. No kidding. Yeah. (laughs) Turns out I am slightly obsessive with things. Maybe the lovely Vicki Peterson finds it. I don't know. Charming. Charming. Exactly. Yes. Since I've gotten this fucking watch, I now have to close rings every day or I freak out. It bothers me when I don't get my exercise ring closed. (sighs) So I walked up here. I noticed on the socials, Ed. Yeah. That you went to visit your lovely mother, Dot. Went to visit Grandma Dot. You took a ferry boat? Took a ferry over to Grandma Dot's. Absolutely. Was that a lovely boat ride? Living in the Pacific Northwest, it is awesome hopping on the ferry and going over to like Vashon Bremerton. It's just a neat thing. You know, a lot of people middle of the country don't get to hop on a ferry. Yeah. If you live in Nebraska, there's probably not a lot of... Not a lot of ferries? Yeah. And so how is Dot? Is she good? Grandma Dot is great. She made a beverage for Carter that was beer with tomato juice and crystal light, which apparently is Grandma Dot's current flavor of the day. And it's like this gross ass ice beer with 
spicy tomato juice and crystal light. Anti-beverage. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. When we were going over, I got pinged by my guy Jay. And Jay said, hey, you should come to Tessio Pizza in Silverdale. Silverdale was like 40 minutes from Grandma Dot's. So I couldn't really just Could leave and go get pizza. But he sent me this like, oh, I work at Tessio Pizza and we'll hook up the high gain boys. And so we have to go visit with Jay and Kirk at Tessio Pizza. They have photos of guitars hanging on the walls. Guitars and pizza? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't really see any downside. No. We get on a ferry. Yes. We drive to Silverdale. Yes. We eat pizza and look at guitars. That's what I'm saying. And hang out with the viewers. Shout out to Jan Kirk. Over there at Tessio Pizza. Cool. Beverages. Beverages, Ed. This episode is all about mixing it up. I have received feedback that I am perhaps spuriously and unnecessarily juice shaming Ed. <laughs> so in an attempt to sort of mitigate that, or at least demonstrate my willingness to try new things. Yes. Ed has brought me juice. And I got to say, I appreciate the fact that the color does not look like house paint. Yep. Infant puke. Right. Or blood. I kind of made this specifically with you in mind. It is kale, ginger, lemon, grapefruit. Ooh, grapefruit. Yeah. Apple, pears, and a bunch of carrots. I think I like the cut of your jib on this one. Yeah? Yeah, I like that. The ginger kick is awesome. Mm -hmm. The citrusy compounds are doing me right. Yeah. Thank you for leaving out all the gross shit. If I had a title here at The High Gain, it would be Juice Daddy. It's pretty good. I'm stoked that you're on board with the juice lifestyle. I can't say that. What do you mean? I can say that I enjoy citrusy flavors. That was almost 12 ounces of juice, and you pretty much chugged it. Oh, well, it was good. Yes. I told you I liked it. Uh-huh. But I'm not joining Juicers Anonymous. No, it's the other way around. Juicers Anonymous is going to join me? Something like that. Cool. We also have black coffee. Oh, we also have black coffee. We yeah. love the black coffee. What do I got here, Ed? I don't know. It says Deco on it. Deca. Deca. D-E-C-C-A. Got it. You want me to tell you about why this guitar says Deca on it? I do. I will tell you a couple of facts. Okay. First off, this is from the 60s. Oh, really? The 1960s, although yeah. there was a company called Ronin Guitars, and they built guitars, but additionally, they had what they called the Mod Shop. They would take these old 60s Japanese guitars yes. and completely redo them. Okay. So while a Japanese 1960s guitar, this has been gone over by the Ronin boys. They leveled the fretboard. They put entirely new frets in it. They put what they call a foil bucker made by them. Okay. In the neck. Yeah. And what they call a broadcaster in the bridge. Do you happen to know what would have been in it? This particular model would have been one single coil. Bridge your neck. Kind of middle. Okay. All new wiring, new pick guard, new old stock Grover tuners, completely redone. So you get the 1960s Japanese import experience, but in something that is more playable. This comes to us from Superfan Galen. Superfan Galen. Yeah. It's really cool. 
You know what it reminds me of? What? The Baronic RE1. The thing I like about that guitar is it's clearly this throwback to this kind of thing. Yeah. I feel like he was looking at guitars exactly like this and making the modern version. So this is the old, but beefed up. And some of these old guitars, this one included, are worth doing that to because they have mahogany necks and bodies as Mm -hmm. opposed to laminated necks or Mm -hmm. shit wood bodies or something that's just not going to resonate or do anything for you. Yeah. So this one would have been worth doing that too. There's also an ABR bridge and the knobs have been switched to the kind you might find on an old Hoffner. Oh, sure. And it plays wonderfully. What are you on? Are you in the middle? Oh, I'm in the middle. Let's demonstrate that some. If I go to the neck. If I go to the bridge, and back to the middle. If we want to demonstrate the extremes like we sometimes do, then I go to the neck and roll that tone all the way down. Or to the bridge and roll that tone all the way up, which I kind of like. The bridge is rad. So for that kind of garbagey sound... This looks wonderful. Yeah, it's really cool. It has the original tailpiece, which is stamped steel and kind of flexible. Yep. I don't know if it helps or hinders tuning, but anybody with the heel of their hand can do some fun stuff with it. Listen to this. Wow, weird. So if that's a thing you enjoy doing. Yeah. The reason I couldn't tell if this was a new or old guitar, I feel like is entirely the pickups. It looks like an old guitar, but to me, those big, foily, oversized pickups is a very 2020s thing. Back when DeArmond was making gold foils, I don't know if they had a humbucker version. I think they were all single coil. Yeah. You don't like them? Those huge foil pickups just weird me out. I'm not into them. Even though you know it's that big because it's a humbucker? I think I'd rather just see a humbucker. I think what I don't like is that it's just the big foil thing. Half this podcast is me justifying why I don't like weirdo (laughs) shit. But you like them. Yeah, I think they're pretty good. Okay. So, pretty cool story here, Ed. Okay. We're going back to the early 20th century. Have we done a DECA before? We have not. I didn't think so. There was a guy named Edward Lewis. Okay. British guy. What happened to Ed? Ed left the building in 1980. Born in 1900. You said he was from the UK? Yep. British citizen. Okay. He was a stockbroker and kind of money manager, corporate dude. Sure. And one of his clients was a company called Decca. They made gramophones, among other things. So you could play your 78s and stuff. For sure. And as part of his business of managing them, he suggested, well, you know, there is this record manufacturing plant that's about to go under. Don't you think it would be a great piece of diversification to just buy the record plant too? Not only do you have the means to play the records, but you're buying the records. Yeah. Uh, You're manufacturing whatever you want. And they said, no, that's not for us. The analogy he used was, do you want to be the guy making the razors or the guy making the disposable blades you put in the razors? Why not both? Exactly. They were not into it. So our man Ed forms a syndicate. Oh, like the mob. Yeah. And he just buys them. 
buries him in amber. Now, Edward Lewis? Yeah. He owns Decca. Yeah. He starts it up as Decca Records. Okay. In 1929. Not really the best time to be doing that. Well, here's the thing. When you said his profession, I would say he did exactly the right thing. Because maybe starting this record thing doesn't feel great heading into the Depression. But let me tell you, being a stockbroker, that's a whole lot worse. You know, had he stayed with his main path, mm, a lot of dudes jumping out of windows. Yeah. The Depression does hit, and the company takes a massive hit. He kind of manages to steer it through the Depression and come out the other end alive. Hell yeah. He even, in 1934, opened up an American branch of Decca Records called American Decca. But in a weird move, and I couldn't figure out what this quite meant, Ed, Mm -hmm. fears or apprehension about growing Nazi aggression in the lead up to World War II convinced him that it was going to be a good idea to sell American Decca I don't know why you would do that. You're in Britain. You're worried about the Nazis. Let's sell my American company. Keeping it close to you where you can actually manage your stuff. Yeah, I don't know. And so at that point, there are effectively two Decca records. Are they the same thing? Nope. Not anymore. They're not. Sure. After the war, American Decca takes off in one direction. British Decca takes off in another. Oh. British Decca got more into the tech side of it. They were working on higher quality stereo recordings. They contributed to the development of the LP. While on the American side, they were bringing on artists and pioneering different types of content. For instance, you know those cast records, Broadway plays? Cats. Yeah, Cats in 1941. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah. It was Decca that made that kind of a popular thing to do. Huh. You're going to like this. What, Ed... Mm-hmm. is the greatest selling single of all time. I'll give you a hint. Okay. It was released in 1942 by Decca. Oh, my God. Nothing has come even close to it. There's no way I could get this, right? I'll give you another hint. Okay. The person who sang the song yeah. is from Tacoma, Washington. <laughs> okay. That's a great hint, John. That does not help me at all. It was White Christmas by Bing Crosby. Bing Crosby's from Tacoma. Wait, did we lose Bing? We lost Bing in 1977, coming off his successful birth in 1903. (laughs) Uh, Huh. Um, Best-selling single of all time. What'd you say it was? White Christmas? Yeah, I'm dreaming of a white... Yeah, 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 sure. My lovely wife, she is a huge fan of going into the holiday season and just playing Christmas stations my wife does that too oh my god swedish ones i just get normal christmas songs but inevitably i hear bing crosby christmas songs hundreds of times they have to make sure that that record is never broken right (laughs) and i listen to that croonery bing crosby style it's terrible it is so bad I hate it. You know, the croonery part of it. Yeah. He's got a pipe. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, oh, why was this ever a thing? Well, that would not be the first time Decca contributed to something that Ed hates. (laughs) 
<laughs> Why am I that guy? Why am I like this? You tell me. I, I don't know. I do not know. I don't have to like this, do I? No. Okay. 1954. Okay. They released Rock Around the Clock by Bill Haley and his cometh. Mm-hmm. You know the song, right? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Bill Haley, a bit of a mystery. Oh, a mystery. Born in 1925, we lose him in 1981 under what are considered to be murky circumstances. Ooh. One theory is he had a brain tumor. Okay. okay. Another theory is that he was completely mental. What? The third theory okay. is that he just had extremely profound alcoholism. You could have all three of those things. I wonder. Very easily, one could feed another. You have some stability issues. Oh, well, maybe you've got this grapefruit-sized tumor in your brain pan, and you're just, like, feeding it with... Daiquiris. Bathtub gin. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> that's a dangerous cocktail, Bill. Didn't do him any favors. Okay, murky circumstances, though. What does that mean? The coroner ruled it natural causes. Okay, So sure. nobody really knows. That's the murky part. But it's not like he was found hanging by his toes in a seedy hotel room. No. They didn't Epstein the guy. No. Oh, he's in the cell with the cameras everywhere and like the cameras turned off. Weird. Yeah. Did that happen to Bill? No. Found in his bed. Okay. That is considered rock around the clock. Yeah. The first international rock and roll hit. I don't know that it's the first rock and roll song or anything like that, but it was the first rock and roll song that went global. I totally thought like, oh, isn't that the theme to Happy Days? And it's totally no. not the theme to Happy Days, but Happy Days has that Monday, Tuesday, uh, one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, yeah, rock. Like, Happy Days, Fonzie. What do you think of that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And then in 1962, Decca makes a really big mistake. Oh, no. The Beatles auditioned for them. No shit. And Decca Records declines. Hmm. The reason given at the time yeah. was that guitar groups are on the way out. 1962, who's listening to that shit? Oh, yeah. Nobody's listening to guitar groups. For sure. Yeah, Beatles. String theory, multiple universe theory stuff is speculative science. Every decision that happens splits off into its own timeline. And so there is a timeline where the Beatles signed to Decca and then guitar music actually dies because Decca's like, well, we don't really believe in this, but we'll sign these guys, make an album, and then not really push it or anything. Right. All I'm saying is, had they signed with Decca, we would have no Beatles, and therefore we wouldn't have the Flaming Lips. That is science. Yeah. They kind of redeemed themselves. Okay. A short while later, and ironically at the urging of George Harrison. Oh, funny. I got a tip for you, Decca. Okay. Might want to check this out. Great. Little group playing over here called the Rolling Stones. Really? Yeah, so Decca signed them. Huh. The Rolling Stones' first recording contract was with Decca Records. That's wild. Yeah. Okay. That brings us back to this here Decca guitar. Yeah. Any number of the Japanese import guitar shapes. Yeah. It's got that body style. It does. And it's got that funny notch in the ass. It's yeah. got what we like to call the uh, ass notch. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That enhances the resonance. Oh, for sure. So into the 60s, despite Decca's disbelief in guitar music, 
go figure. It thrived. Lots of guitar bands in the 60s. Sure. And one thing that Decca knew was a business opportunity when they saw one. At the time, Decca was so powerful and records were so pervasive, they had their own stores. Decca owned their own record shops. Okay. You can go down to that record store over there, or maybe you go to the Decca store. Yeah. Let's go look at some Decca records. Most of their stores were on the east and west coasts. Coastal elites. Yeah. And so they thought, you know, it would be great while the kids are in here looking through these records, thumbing through stuff. Yeah. What if we hung some guitars on the wall, maybe had some amps that they could buy? Apparently, they took that little Beatles lesson to heart. Yeah. They did a real 180 on the guitars are on their way out. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. Okay, well, how are we going to do that? Let's get a Japanese company to make them. They chose Kawai. K-A-W-A-I. For sure. You might be familiar with their pianos. They actually started out in 1929 or so, same year that our man Edward Lewis started DECA. Kawai in Japan started out as a piano manufacturer. That's pretty good. They came to guitars with a lot of other Japanese manufacturers when this stuff got popular. Uh, wait. See, four minutes ago, when I said this body style is very similar to a lot of the Japanese import body styles. Oh, that's because it is. Oh, no kidding. This is a Decca guitar made by Kawai in <sighs> Japan and branded Decca. Why did they choose Kawai? With their knowledge of building instruments, they had a large distribution network. Kawhi could ship anywhere. Yeah. And in fact, they ended up branding hundreds of different models. Imagine this body shape you're looking at here as one of hundreds of different models that they made over the years. They were branding them. This one is branded Decca. Yeah. For at least 50 houses. They made some silver tones. Okay. They made some Ks. They made some nationals. And then an ass ton of other things. They're totally the Dan Electro of that Japanese uh -huh. import mm -hmm. thing. They were known in Japan as the king of exporters. Huh. They got big enough that they eventually swallowed up Tisco or Tysco. I can dig it. Decca brought these things into their shops and the kids bought them like hotcakes. You say they sold like hotcakes. Yes. I have seen quite a few airline guitars. And harmony guitars and silver tones and Dan Electros sure. and Tesco or Tysco. Decca kind of rings a bell, but not really, not totally. Huh. I guess I'm just saying sold like hotcakes, you know. Okay, fine. Okay. They were not a failure. Okay, great. It would all not matter anyway, Ed. Oh, no, why? Because we know that the mid-60s on the guitar industry starts kind of cannibalizing itself and collapsing inward. I totally forgot about that. CBS buys Fender, and MCA buys Dan mm -hmm. Electro, and everybody's buying everybody and closing shit down. Yep. So whether it was the collapse of the guitar industry or the kind of quaintness of the dedicated record shop, these decas were out by conservative estimate 69, 70. Yeah. Yeah. So you said Ronin Guitars did the refresh. The mod shop is what they called it. But they also built dedicated guitars, too. Ronan had some really cool-looking models. Yeah. They were down in Humboldt County in California, and they were making things out of Redwood. That's cool. That's Ronan, and I like this refresh on this. And there are a 
few companies out there that do that. Yes. Revamping and just a few kind of luthier dudes who are maybe guitar tech guys. Yeah. This one, I think a lot of the increase in quality probably comes from the neck. The fact that they planned it down the neck to be more consistent and put all new frets in it. How much do you think this thing was in, we don't know the exact year, let's say mid-60s? In the Decker store. Oh. You just went to the malt shop with your oh girl. My God. And you got a milkshake, maybe some fries. $49.99. This might be the first time this ever happened. I nailed it. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> Four years, baby. Yes. Oh my God. No kidding. Yeah. We're coming up on 200 episodes and I finally nailed one. That's crazy. You got it. Man, $49.99. That's a deal. Even in the 60s, that's great value. So successful, Ed. Oh. Super awesome. You gotta try it. Try and decide. Is it hello or goodbye? Goodbye or goodbye. With everything you know, Ed. Yes. This time for this episode, it's this guitar. Okay. It's the actual guitar you are holding. Deny. Because of the foil bucker? Yep. I was on the Ronin page and I scrolled through and they definitely have guitars like this, versions of guitars with the smaller foil. And if it were this with either two foils or a single coil and a foil, buy all day long. I just can't get over my thing with big foils. What about you? Well, I'm going to have to deny also, (gasps) but for an entirely different reason. Okay. I'm kind of a big guy. I'm a larger human being. (laughs) And this just kind of feels small in my hands. Yeah. It feels like a tiny little thing. It is a smaller guitar for sure. Yeah. That's actually one of the things I like about them. This specific guitar, it's the foil. Outside of that, I love everything about it. And I would much rather have something that some modern luthier has put the time into refreshing. In a form factor that... Is what you want. You're not going to get anywhere else. Yep. Man, the double deny. Sorry, superfan Galen. Sorry, superfan Galen. I think we have made clear that the idea of this and how it plays... Yep. Two thumbs up. Love it. But for our own selfish personal reasons... Yes. It just has to be a deny. What do you think of that DECA history? I think this was a good one, John. I got to go check out Bill Haley in the comments and figure out what was up with his brain head. <laughs> you know? Okay, I think it should come back next week. You did a great job today, Ed. I think you did a pretty, yeah, you know. Serviceable? I'm just glad you enjoyed the juice. But that was pretty good juice, Ed. People should totally go to our socials. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Instagram. Oh man. We are stepping it up on our Instagram. We are trying to step it up. People love it. Okay, Ed, well, I want you to be happy and healthy and safe. I'm doing all of those things, John. We're keeping it together over here. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>